Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 122 of the Mo Money Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Warehouse. As always, I mean, it's always me, but I still just like to remind y'all that that's what my name is. Uh, and welcome to another episode of the Mo Money Podcast. Excited to uh, have my next guest chat with me about something that I feel like a lot of us need to know more about, uh, DIY investing, investing through a discount brokerage. I am talking to Edward Kolodenko. He is the CEO and founder of Questrade, which is uh, one of the leading um, discount brokerage in Canada. And we talk all things investing, uh, stocks, index funds, ETFs, how to get started on your own if that's what you want to do. Uh, because, you know, the uh, benefit of doing that is you save a ton of money on fees and really just know exactly what you're investing into. And we also go into how he started Questrade, why he started it all those years ago, and uh, why he's so passionate about uh, teaching other people how to invest for themselves. So lots of great stuff in this episode coming up. But before I get to that fabulous interview with uh, Edward about investing, uh, here's a few words about this episode's sponsor. Support for this episode comes from Credit Card Genius, the only tool that compares over 50 features of 150 Canadian credit cards using math-based ratings and rankings that respond to your needs instantly. Now you can get rewarded faster without all the headache. Visit creditcardgenius.ca to learn more. Once again, that's creditcardgenius.ca. Thank you, Edward, for joining me on the Mo Money Podcast. I am so thrilled to have you with me so we could chat about uh, Questrade and uh, do-it-yourself investing. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me today, Jessica. You are so welcome. So you are the uh, current CEO of Questrade, but you're also the founder. I would absolutely love to kind of first talk about uh, a little bit about your background and your story, because I know you're originally from uh, Eastern Europe and you started uh, kind of your entrepreneurial journey there and then eventually moved to Canada and then founded Questrade. So I'd like to kind of maybe get a, a little some insight into like, how did that happen? How did that come to be? So well, like many Canadians, I, I uh, do have an immigrant background. I, I came to Canada as a young, as a young boy. I was only six, and so I grew up. I grew up here, and I got my education here in, in Canada. And as things were, were developing over in Eastern Europe, I decided to go back and do some business over there. And that was really the uh, the beginning of my entrepreneurial career, where I managed to uh, think quickly on my feet and adapt to uh, a changing environment. And I think mm-hmm. that uniquely prepared me for my current role as uh, president and CEO of Questrade. What did you do when you went back to, uh, and where in Eastern Europe were, did you uh, kind of start your um, entrepreneurship? So I was born in Ukraine. Ukraine. Yeah. And so when, uh, when things were opening back up over there, I went, I went back there. Mm-hmm. Spent some time there. We built up a, um, a very good business. And that's what really provided the, uh, the opportunity and the seed money for what I'm doing now. And was it a similar business to what Questrade is today? Was it an online business or... It actually had nothing to do with uh, financial services. I was, oh, really? Yes, we were in the textile business. We were the largest uh, distributors of uh, fabric, of textiles in, uh, in Ukraine and one of the largest in Russia by the time I was, I was done. Wow. So what made you decide, you know, when you eventually moved back to Canada, what made you decide to make such a, like, that, those are very different industries, very different businesses. What made you make that switch? Being an entrepreneur, you look for uh, exciting things and look for new op- opportunities. And that's really what I do. I build businesses. 
Yeah. And I, I became very interested and fascinated by, by the markets while I was still in Ukraine. The TV we watched was CNBC, of all things, because it was one of the few English uh, channels available to me when I was there. And I became very fascinated, very interested in the markets. And when I came, came back home to Canada, uh, I decided that that's something that I wanted to pursue. Interesting. So, so did you, um, like, I, so that was kind of like the basis for your financial background? Because I, I know it's, it's, that's interesting because I feel like a lot of people, you know, specifically in my generation being millennials, you know, they can kind of uh, get a handle on their finances in terms of budgeting and, and you can have the day-to-day management. But when it comes to like investing, especially do-it-yourself investing, it seems like a totally different world and totally scary. And so they don't even try. So what made you start, you know, kind of jump into that like full force and then be kind of, you know, become one of the kind of the leaders with Questrade in, you know, helping people, you know, through your brokerage to like invest completely on their own? So I think the question is, what, what gave me the confidence? to? Yeah, absolutely. But as I said, entrepreneurship is in, is in my blood. And, and if I had enough, uh, enough confidence to go to uh, Eastern Europe, a place where there really wasn't established laws and established ways of doing business, and I had to really learn on my feet and try and figure things out, uh, just to give you a, a glimpse, uh, we had runaway inflation while I was there, about 10,000% annually. Wow. And, and, and so you really have to figure out how you're going to do business in an environment like that. Uh, so being in an extreme environment, kind of thrown into the fire, I, uh, I, I developed, I developed a, uh, I think, a pretty decent capability of being able. We, we were successful there, and I, and I figured, well, you know, entrepreneurship is entrepreneurship. You, you, you build a business, and, and you take it from there. Uh, you mm-hmm. follow a passion. You find something you're really, really interested in which I was extremely interested in, 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 uh, in, in trading and do-it-yourself type of investing, bringing a different kind of product to, the, uh, to, to Canadians, really disintermediating the middleman and bringing lasting value to what it is that they're doing. And that was something that I was very interested in doing uh, and, and really taking on the status quo. And that's what we've done. Mm-hmm. And so you founded Questrade back in 1999, which sounds like a long time ago. So much has happened in the financial industry since then. So much has happened in, uh, like, within technology itself. What does what did Questray look like back in 1999, and how would you say are some like the significant points where it's evolved to kind of keep up with technology and just like what people expect from like a financial service? So back in 99, when when the idea first first uh, started to take shape, and I incorporated what is today Questrade. It still took us about a year and a half to get all the licensing to get, get up and going. So we didn't actually open our doors uh, as an operating company until it was uh, probably June of 2001 when we placed our first trade. So it took, took quite, a, uh, quite a while to get that up and going. By the time we had done that, the world around us had changed. And so we had to adapt uh, our business plan. What was, what was once uh, a brokerage that catered to very, very active traders now became the business plan was to make it available through high-speed internet to uh, most Canadians from their homes. Mm-hmm. And the technology really enabled us to do that. Uh, and because that technology had changed all around us where we were capable to transmit data at very high speeds into a person's home, which you couldn't do that before when I first had the idea. You could only do that uh, with high-speed lines into an office. But it became cost-effective to do that into in, into people's houses. And so 
that's an example of how technology has really changed. And since then, of course, uh, new ways of uh, interacting with web browsers, with websites, it was things were much more basic back mm-hmm. then. And so today we have much more advanced technology, which allows us uh, to provide a much better client experience. And building on that experience, coupled with the service and the value that we provide to, uh, to Canadians, has really propelled us to be the uh, fastest growing online broker in Canada. We're very proud of that, those achievements. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, you mentioned a couple of times value. And I know um, I've seen like some of your ads on the subway that really kind of emphasize um, the importance of understanding that you are paying fees if you, you know, are with, you know, say a traditional bank or, or whatever, and you're, you're buying mutual funds, you're paying quite high fees. And this has actually become, you know, a lot more prevalent. People are, you know, talking about it more, especially since CRM too. And um, why do you find uh, that, you know, like fees are so important for people to really understand, like how does it really, you know, affect their investments and why do you feel that quest trade is kind of, you know, a possible solution for that issue? So today, uh, life expectancy being where it is, it's growing quite a bit. And so people are going to need more money uh, well into their retirement as they reach retirement age. Uh, when you're starting, when you're starting younger, it doesn't really matter at any age because today the time horizons are 30, 40, 50 years. If you start young enough, but by the time you get to, uh, to, to retirement, uh, when, it, when those time horizons are so large and you take the effect of compounding today, uh, the average investor, what do they do? They go and they buy a mutual fund, yeah. mutual fund. You typically, you don't see, but inside those mutual fund fees that you pay, and they're embedded inside the mutual fund. So they affect uh, Canadians' returns. And so the returns are then depressed by the level of those fees that they pay. And the fees are typically uh, range, but it could be up to 2% mm-hmm. of, of their annual, of, their, of, of the holdings that they have in the mutual fund, regardless of whether they're, they're holding yeah. up or down. And so when you take the value of that and you compound that over time, over 30, 40, 50 years, uh, that effect becomes huge. And so we started looking at that and started thinking, well, how can we do this better? How can we make uh, Canadians' retirement much better? How can we let them keep more of their money? And that's yeah. so, so that was really the idea behind our portfolio IQ, mm-hmm. what it is that we're doing for, for Canadians that don't really have the inclination or the time or want to do things themselves and place the trades themselves. For Canadians that really want someone else to manage their finances, manage their account, but to do it very responsibly and allow them to keep much more of their money up to at least, you know, we think 30% more. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that is, you know, definitely the argument there is, you know, well, you're paying higher fees because you're getting someone to actively manage it. They're taking care of you. They also offer, you know, financial planning services and, and all that kind of stuff. What is your kind of rebuttal to that? Like, Personally, I, I am more of a fan of, I mean, obviously I have a person, you know, I love personal finance. I love educating myself and trying to do it myself. But what about, you know, lots of people do kind of like having someone else uh, like take the blame or be responsible for kind of their investments. And so that's why I, I think lots of people are afraid to kind of maybe go the DIY route because they like the idea of someone else kind of 
they're protecting or, or looking after having the best interest for their uh, investments. So that's great. And, and, and Equestrian, you can have the best of both worlds. If you'd like to keep uh, something in a product where you want to take care of that yourself, as you say, DIY, uh, mm-hmm. yourself world and place your own trades and be responsible for your own investing, that, that uh, capability is available. We also have the capability to manage your investments completely and to do that actively because the way that we do that is we, um, we invest into mutual funds, not, not right. mutual funds, in ETFs. Right. Rather than mutual funds, we invest into ETFs. ETFs is what we would call the new mutual fund mm-hmm. today. Uh, yeah, they're definitely more, more popular, aren't they? A much lower version, exactly. A much lower version provides you can invest into different industries, into different sectors at a much lower cost because mm-hmm. we, we, we are doing that and we're doing that and, and we're balancing that automatically in, uh, in our clients' accounts mm-hmm. depending on the level of risk tolerance that they're, that they're looking for. So what they would do is they would go online, answer a series of questions that would determine what their risk tolerance is in their time horizon. And based on, on, on their answers to those questions, uh, we would determine what is the best portfolio of ETFs to put them in. And then we manage that portfolio actively uh, based on, on our view of, of the market and where, where things are going. So we're, we're, we're taking some responsibility for that, for sure. Yeah. So that sounds like very similar to a typical robo-advisor, would you say? Or, or what would be the difference between that? And, and you're talking about portfolio IQ or quite, is that what you're talking about? So the managed service is called portfolio yeah. IQ. Right. Mm-hmm. And portfolio like you, you're quite right. It's, it's very similar to, to, to the robo advisory services that are out there. Personally, I'm not a big fan of, of, of the robo term because... No one likes it. No one likes that term. <laughs> we have real people that, that are, that yeah. are doing the work. Uh, well, I th- I, yeah, I think that, yeah, the difference is, and I think there, that's where the confusion lies, is robo-advisor is a term that us Canadians use and, us, and then Americans use, but they're very different depending on, you know, if you're in the States or if you're in Canada. That's right. That's right. We have real people that are doing the work, that are, that are reviewing the portfolio, and, and available. Uh, you know, all you need to do is pick up the phone or, or, or chat with us, and, and we have people available to talk to, talk to uh, Canadians. Mm-hmm. So since, you know, kind of robo-advisors uh, are becoming way more popular in Canada, especially over the past couple of years, and it looks like you have, you know, kind of your kind of answer to that, what would differ- differentiate, you know, Portfolio IQ with Questrade um, with some of the other kind of robo-advisors out there like Wealthsimple or Just Wealth or, or whatever? Well, for one, uh, we are actively managing the portfolios. The other ones from what I know, are actually putting them into passive indices. And uh, certainly it's a, a lower it's a lower cost alternative than the mutual fund. Mm-hmm. Canadians need to ask, what kind of returns is it that they're getting from their service? Just as they would hold their uh, advisor responsible, so should they hold the, uh, the, the robo-advisory service responsible for, for, for the returns that are there. And so we post our returns on our website. Uh, and, and we typically, over the over, uh, time horizon, we beat, we beat the benchmarks. Uh, we're ahead of the benchmarks on most of the, on, on I think, all, of, all the different portfolios over time. So I would recommend that Canadians go and they, they check that and make sure and, and hold and ask questions and, and they hold their advisor responsible, whether it be a physical advisor or a advisor responsible for returns that they get. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I completely agree. 
Um, so I'd like to talk a little bit uh, more about who is like the typical kind of DIY investor that you see using Quest Trade? Um, you know, I feel like kind of like the perception is you have to be a very advanced investor to even kind of go that route. And that's why I think a lot of people, especially my age, you know, will opt for, uh, you know, mutual funds with a financial advisor at a bank or, you know, a typical kind of robo advisor because it seems a little less intimidating. So for you, like, I think honestly, and, and that used to be my old perception too, is, you know, people that use online brokerages, they're the people that buy stocks and they're just like on their phones all the time and they're day trading. And, and that's a bit of a misnomer. Certainly we have very, very active traders, um, but we also have investors that invest for, for the longer term. They, they, they put their money into uh, good quality stocks and then, and, they wait. So we do run a gamut of, of different kind of investors. And we have, the interesting thing is that we've got uh, different software platforms for each one of those types of investors. So depending on how you like to invest or trade, uh, we have an appropriate platform for you with a, a different level of sophistication. We have different platforms or the same platform, and you can configure a lot of the platforms with a level of sophistication that you would like. They're uh, completely customizable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so somebody, somebody who would, who, who wants to trade very actively, that option is available to them. Uh, but also someone who, uh, say doesn't want to be as active, uh, and doesn't need to be on their phone all the time, wants to place a trade once in a while, that option is available, uh, to them as well. And many people can take advantage of the fact that you can have a completely managed service and a do-it-yourself service, two different accounts. And if you'd like mm-hmm. to uh, leave some money in one account and put some money in another account uh, where in one account you can experiment a little bit with not a lot of money if you're not and try and get uh, some, some confidence in what it is that you're doing. And then the other account can be fully managed uh, completely hands-off. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to kind of just, you know, being that DIY investor, um, what do you find... Um, are some of the reasons why people choose to go that route? And what are some of the risks involved? I think that's like the big question that lots of people ask. If I go that route, will I lose all my money? <laughs> so um, why do people choose that? People choose that because they love, they love uh, independence. They want to be responsible for their own investment decisions. And really, why would you want to leave something, something so crucial to somebody else to decide for you, how it is that you want to do. Do they really have your best interests at heart? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is yes, then you need, to, you need to ask questions about the returns that you're getting. Are they beating their benchmarks? Um, how much are they charging you for that type of service? Mm-hmm. The ones that want to do it themselves, really, they want to take their financial future into their own hands. They want to be responsible for, for uh, their own investments. And frankly, they, they have an interest. Uh, they have an interest in in the market and in uh, in stocks. Now, you don't have to necessarily trade, but you can invest very passively if that's what you choose to do. Uh, but again, there's there's those that, that you know feel more comfortable having someone else do it, and we have we have an answer to that. And we think that uh, with our with our portfolio IQ product, they'll retire at least thirty percent wealthier. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So I, I bet you have a ton of data from all of your customer base. What do you find are some of the trends that you're seeing some of the DIY investors are doing? You know, we talked a little bit about how ETFs are, you know, becoming a lot more popular and I'm seeing that too. But what, what do you see that lots of your kind of customers are doing? Are lots of them kind of going just, um, you know, they are kind of focused on stock? Is it just kind of, you know, a variety? Well, Equestrian, we have a free-to-buy ETF service. So all the ETFs listed on North American exchanges are completely free to purchase. Okay. Uh, and we have seen a, uh, a tremendous, tremendous lift in terms of interest in, in, in ETFs over the years. Uh, so people are, 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 are looking at different kinds of ETFs um, and, and really trading more and more in the ETF space for sure, mm-hmm. and investing there. That's interesting. Um, and, uh, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about how Questrade is an answer to, you know, invest with lower fees, but obviously Questrade also has fees. Do you want to kind of talk to what kind of fees people can expect if they wanted to use that kind of platform? There's different kind of fees. Uh, we have uh, fees uh, in terms of certainly there's commissions, but all of these things are available on our, uh, our website. Uh, the, the fees range anywhere from uh, one cent a share to nine ninety five, uh, depending on how you uh, a client would like to route their trades. There could be uh, what we call electri- electronic communication network fees involved. Uh, if clients trade on margin, they're borrowing they're borrowing money from us, so there could be margin interest. So all these types of fees are disclosed uh, certainly on our website, and I would recommend people to go to Questure.com to, to look at that in much more detail. Absolutely. Um, and, just, you know, say, you know, you know, I do find that lots more people, especially my age, are, you know, getting a bit more interested in, in you know, doing DIY investing. Um, uh, they want to kind of give it a chance. They want to do something different than, you know, say their parents did who just invest in mutual funds for their retirement. What would you say would be like good, um, a good avenue to go or good resources to check out in order to kind of start that education. I think that's always kind of the hardest thing. People are really, um, they don't know where to start to educate themselves. They don't want to make a mistake. They want to use, you know, uh, a brokerage and, and do DIY investing the right way. So what would you suggest would be kind of a good route? Like, for instance, like how did you kind of, like you started watching, you know, TV to kind of, uh, you know, start your education. What would you suggest for others? There's so many good resources available on on the uh, the internet. Yeah. The, uh, your sh- Sometimes oh. too much. <laughs> your show is a good start, <laughs> but we do have on our website and, uh, and certainly on our YouTube channel. There's a lot of uh, good videos that we show about um, how, to, how to how to place different kinds of trades, what kind of uh, strategies are available, option strategies um, are also very interesting to many people. Uh, how, how to use those option strategies properly. Uh, there are many, many good websites available uh, on, on the internet. And the more reading that you do, I think the better. And just to start following companies and, and, and generally the financial news is a, is a very good start. Yeah, just putting that into your kind of daily routine and knowing what's going on with markets, that's for sure. Um, so kind of to wrap up, what uh, do you kind of foresee for Equestrade? You've been around since 1999. We're in 2017 now. What do you foresee for, say, the next you know, 5, 10, 20 years? 
In terms of class trade or in terms yeah, of... Yeah, and in terms of the business, like, do you do you kind of already have a game plan for how it's going to continue, continue to evolve based on what you've seen uh, other kind of fintech companies do? So I, I think the business in general is going to evolve as the technology improves. If there's a business that deserves to be uh, digital, it is the financial services business. Financial services Absolutely. has always been, through millennia, a very a very physical type of business. And now with the technology available to move that into the digital age and to really provide a better, a better platform and a, and a better experience for clients to make it much more seamless and smoother, and not to mention have them keep more of their money, uh, make it much smarter. There's a lot of places where, you know, even with um, artificial intelligence, with, with the evolution of that, with that being applied to financial planning or, or your taxes, Things like this are going to, to, to evolve and, and, and uh, Questrade is certainly going to keep taking advantage of that and pushing the envelope in terms of uh, applying technology to make Canadians, Canadians' lives, financial lives, much more easier and, and, and more secure. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Edward, for taking the time to chat with me. I, I appreciate your um, insight and uh, hopefully this will kind of be some motivation for some people to not be so afraid to kind of take the leap and uh, educate themselves more about investing and specifically do-it-yourself investing. Thank you, Jessica. I really appreciate it. And that was episode 122 with Edward Kolodenko, CEO and founder of Questrade. Uh, if you want to learn more about uh, everything we talked about, more about Questrade, Edward, DIY investing, you better check out the show notes for this episode. Uh, you can check them out at jessicamorehouse.com slash 122. And uh, before I get to a few other things, here are a few words about this episode's sponsor. A big thank you to Credit Card Genius for supporting the Mo Money podcast. If you're not aware, they are the only tool that compares over 50 features of 150 Canadian credit cards by using math-based ratings and rankings that respond to your needs instantly. Now you can get rewarded faster without all the headache. If you want to find the best credit card for you, make sure to check out creditcardgenius.ca to learn more. Once again, visit creditcardgenius.ca to learn more. So thank you again for listening to this episode. Um, And just a friendly reminder that I am running a contest right now that you may want to check out. Again, uh, some details uh, about how to enter the contest are in the show notes, jessicamorehouse.com slash 122. But basically, I'm giving away uh, $25 Amazon gift cards. And all you really have to do is uh, give me a review on iTunes. Let me know what you think about the show. Uh, Of course, visit the show notes for details on how to actually enter. I need your contact details and I need a screenshot of your review so I know who you are and what you said. And I will be drawing winners every single month throughout the season. So make sure to check out the show notes for more details. And I hope you enter. Okay. Well, thank you again, again, again for listening. I will see you back here next Wednesday with a fresh new episode of the Mo Money Podcast. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.